Um, thank you, Lord, for opportunity to be together. I thank you, Lord, for uh, this is the day you've made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. In Jesus' name I pray. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Since January, we've been talking about some just the basics of Christianity. We've been talking about the basics of not operating this unless we truly believe the body of Christ. We start out with the fear of God. Hey, we cannot operate in this unless we truly believe that God is who He says He is. Amen? He is who He says He is. What He says is truth. See, that's the the big thing. What He says is truth. But then going on to realize we are who He says we are, and we have what He says we have. We moved on talking about what it was to follow Christ. And then spent the month of February just focusing on the Holy Spirit, what it is to operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. Last week we dealt with then as a body, what does it look like to be in fellowship with one another? You know what? Our fellowship reflects God to this world. Our fellowship, how we interact with one another, reflects God to this world. Let's be honest, and I I said it last week, I'll say it again, how the church is viewed so often is as a laughingstock. Why? Because of the inner fighting that goes on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Well, God's a bigger God than that. He says, no, I've called you to love one another. Love your brother. Love your sister. Love one another because guess what? As you love one another, you are reflecting God to a world that needs Him. Amen? So today we're going to start on uh, just the next couple of weeks we're going to be talking about I, 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 what it is as a body of believers to be in prayer, but I, I felt it very, uh, uh, very pertinent that we look first at why in the world God would want us to pray in the first place. A survey was done not too long ago where the question was, how often do you pray? And quite a few people, or do you pray was the first question. Do you pray? And quite a few re- people responded, yes. There was no specifics. It was just, do you pray? Though a lot of people just said, yes, we do. The next question was, well, how often do you pray? And some said, hey, sometimes up to four or five times a day. And it, it, it was looking very positive at that moment. And then the next question was, do you believe you're being heard? Well, the numbers began to drop at that point. And then the fourth question was, are you, do, you feel, uh, do you feel blessed? Do you feel rejuvenated? Do you feel rested? Do you feel renewed after you pray? Believe it or not, a majority of people said no. And the last question was, are you satisfied when you pray? And the, last, and the answer was a resounding no. Now, I'm going to tell you why I believe that that is the case. I believe that is the case that when we, Jesus' name, we are called to pray to our Father in heaven. In whose name? Jesus' name. We are called to a Father, uh, to pray to a Father in heaven in Jesus' name because Jesus is standing at the right hand of the Father. He's standing in heaven at that right hand of the Father on our behalf. Some of us here on earth may have needed lawyers at one point in time, huh? I won't, have to, I won't make you raise your hand, but you probably needed a lawyer, right? And if you had a good lawyer, that was good for you. I'm going to tell you what, Jesus is the best lawyer you could ever have. 
because outside of Jesus being your lawyer, you're going to hell. Yikes. But see, we say, oh, great, here we go. No, I'm just being, that's the honest part of it. You live in destruction, you live in death, and then eternity is death. That's not what the Father wants. That's not what He wants. We have to understand that we have a Father, we have a Savior who wants to know you. I'm just going to say it one more time because I want you to just get this. I'm not going to preach real long today. Who wants to know you? wants to know you. And here's the better part. He wants you to know Him. He wants to know you, and He wants you to know Him. We could get into all the world religions. We could get into, uh, there's quite a few where there's so many millions of gods that nobody ever gets a chance to know anybody, so there's no theology in Hinduism, Buddhism, any of those uh, um, new age. There's just none of that. The idea of connecting with God does not exist because it's all self-effort if you really get into it. In Islam, we have one who says is Allah, but he is known as the unknowable. You will never know him. Don't even try. There is only one faith in this world amongst people where we have God saying, I want to know you, and I want you to know me. I want to know you. I want to get connected with you, and I want you to get connected with me. And I've made it possible. I have made it possible. John 17.3, I'm just going to read it to you real quick. John 17.3 is very clear, and I just want you to hear real fast. This is eternal life. Now, when we talk about eternal life, what do we think about immediately when we say eternal life? Long time. Where is eternal life? That's what, you know, absolutely. Eternal life. That's where you go if you know Jesus. That's what, you know, absolutely. But it's so much more than that. It's so much more than having your, your insurance card in your back pocket that says, okay, good, I said a prayer, I get to go to heaven. Now, it's so much more than that. It is eternal life that begins now because I'm getting to know Jesus, and He's getting to know me. In fact, it says in John 17, 3, this is eternal life. This is it. This is what eternal life is, that they know you the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. What is eternal life? Knowing who? Knowing Him. It's not knowing about Him. You can sit in the pew every day if you want. I'll be in here. And you may learn a whole lot of knowledge, but guess what? Knowing about Jesus is not eternal life. Knowing about the Bible is not eternal life. Knowing how to pray is not eternal life. Knowing how to teach and share Jesus with others is not eternal life. There is only one eternal life that guarantees heaven, and that's knowing Jesus. You say, well, what do you know? Yes. How many people are married? Raise your hand. Do you know your spouse? Do you really? Look at them and ask them real quick. You might get an answer you're not looking for. 
I hope you know your spouse. Boy, I hope you know your spouse because if you don't, that's got to be a cold place you live in. You better know your spouse. Don't even come up here and don't know your spouse when you say, I do. I hear that, Butch. I didn't catch everything you said, but I heard the mumbling over there, so my office is free afterward if you guys need to come. Knowing your spouse, you've got to know your spouse, yeah. How many kids we got in the house here? How many kids that are left in the house, maybe I should say? All right, 15, 16, 17, 18, okay, you can put your hand up. Don't be scared. I'm not going to... Thank you, Justin. Thank you, you people back there that aren't too scared to raise your hand. Do you know... Essentially, those you live with, do you know them? You know mom, you know dad, you know who they are, right? You know their rules. You know how to bend them. No, not really. (laughs) Not really. You know them, though. See, we live in this thing, and we say we're Christian. And so we got a lot of people saying this, you're not a Christian. And so we got a lot of people saying, oh, Christian, Christian, Christian. Don't, don't, Christian, you know, I want to take that label. I'm being honest with you. I want to take the label that's been made of and throw it in the trash. I'm a knower. I'm a believer. And I am intimately involved and in a relationship. Here you go. Here's a good one to put on your Facebook page. In a relationship with Jesus. That's, it's not anything else. You say, well, I thought we were talking about prayer today. Yeah, I did too. But we're getting there. This is eternal life that you know the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. Here's the cool part. James 4.8 says this. This is how intimate God wants you to be. He says, draw near to God. And what's He going to do? Draw near to you. Just think about that. You say, Lord, I want to know you more. God's not going to sit around going, "Uh, I don't know. I've tried to get your attention a hundred times. You've been to the altar 37 times. You prayed a prayer, then you went off and did your stuff again. That's not what it says. It says, draw near to God, and what? He'll draw near to you. That's called relationship. He says, I want to know you. I want to know you. We had the right for the prodigal son. That son went down, and he had his head down. He went, oh, you know, if I just talk to my dad the right way. If I just know the words to say, if I just act the right way, maybe my father will come back. He couldn't get the words out of his mouth. His father comes trucking down the path and wraps him up. The very father that he said, I wish you were dead, give me my inheritance. The same father came running down the path and grabbed him and hugged him and loved him because the son drew near to him. And what did the father do? Drew near. See, we sit around going, oh, God, he's so hard to know. No, he's not. We're just hard-headed and hard-hearted. I don't know who you were saying about, Jill, but I hear you over there. I hope it wasn't me because that was very emphatic and confident there. No, I'm not being funny. God has no problem with you the way you have a problem with him. Because the problem God had with you, He dealt with 2,000 years ago on a cross. Oh, who, who hears that? Just for a moment. I'm hoping you're just catching that. Just a slim bit. 
He dealt with, he, he dealt with the problem he had with you 2,000 years ago. He's just waiting for you to do what? Jesus' name, I'll draw near to, near to me. In whose name? In Jesus' name, I'll draw near to you. It goes on to say in Jeremiah 33.3, this is where we're going to get touchy in a little bit, where prayer starts to really make a difference. Call to me. Who's, God, who's talking? God is to us. Call to me, and I will answer you. Now, does it say call to me, and I might answer you? Does it say call to me, and I'll think about answering you? Does it say call to me and know the exact right words that most people learn in seminary, or talk in King James terms or whatever, and I will answer you. No. Call to me, and I will answer you, and will tell you great and hidden things you have not known. That's the beautiful part about God. We think we know Him. Then we get to Him, and we find out it's a whole different ballgame. See, here's the thing. God's saying, if you would just come near to me, let me come near to you through Jesus Christ, you are going to find out there's a whole lot more to this than you ever thought you knew. Our problem is we think we know. Our life experiences seem to throw us for a loop, and somehow we, we get a degree in God by declaring what we think He might be saying or doing or even whether He exists or not exists. Somehow by our life experience, we can make those determinations when God said, look, me and I'll draw to you near to you, and you're going to find out some stuff that you don't even have a clue about. Stop thinking that you know about them if you don't know them. Because most people have made their decisions about God based on what they think they know about Him, not actually knowing Him. Do you see the difference? I may know about you. Let's be honest. How many people have been gossiped into their ears about somebody? So now you think you know about that somebody. So you treat that somebody based on what you know about them, even though it was coming from what? But you never take the time to actually get to know that somebody and find out that they are completely different than what you were told in the first place. And you would have never known that until you went and talked to that somebody. That's God. Until you get to know God, until you get to know Him, say capital K, I think i, I got to emphasize that. Get to know Him. Don't base your walk with God on what you know about Him. you got to know Him. Know Him. So he wants to know you. In fact, Deuteronomy 4, 7 says this. It's really cool. I love this. Drum roll, please. What other nation, what other religion, is so great the way the Lord our God is near G gods near them the way the Lord our God is near us when we pray. There is none. He's there. But I don't feel him. Stop trying to feel. He's there. When we get into this feeling thing, then we'll never get anywhere. Because guess what? That song, You Lost That Love and Feeling, that happens a lot. Don't run around on your feelings. It's called faith. He's there. He's with me. He'll never leave me. I love what the message says in that same verse. What other great nation has gods that are intimate with them the way God, our God, is with us, always ready to listen to us? 
What other great nation has rules and regulations as good as an, and as fair as this revelation that I'm setting before you today? See, the Lord wants to get us to a point where I love what it says here, Isaiah 65. Before they call, I'll answer. While they're not yet speaking, I'm going to hear. Why? Because He wants to bring us to a point where we are actually one. His life in us. His heart becomes our heart. His life powered by His life. And He draws us. We become empowered by Him and anointed by Him where, you know what, life gets easier? No, life around us gets harder at times, but guess what? That doesn't matter. What matters is what's going on in here that transforms how we deal with out there. See, without God and knowing Him, we will always deal with out there with other people, let's just put it that way, with other people striking out at them or being angry at them or unforgiveness or whatever, bitterness, just bound up mess. And the Lord says, why do you want to live that way? Is there one person sitting here today that enjoys the unforgiveness in your heart towards somebody? Has it made you a better person for sitting there with unforgiveness in your heart? How about the bitterness in your heart, the anger in your heart? Has it made anybody better? The Lord says, no, absolutely not. I want you to be transformed by me and my love and my life, and I want to move in you and through you so that you're set free from all this stuff. Luke 11 says this, which of you fathers... If your son asks you for a fish, we'll give him a snake instead. Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. If you then, how much more will your Father in heaven know how to give give good gifts to your children? How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? See, God, I'd, I'd love to just take a straw poll because... Who here at least at one point in time, maybe not now, that way you, you, you feel more confident in saying this, but at least at one point in your life, who here has believed that God is holding out on you because He's angry at you or He's struggling with you or He's bitter at you? Come on, who here says, I've battled that, I've struggled with that, I really have believed that He's holding out on me because, and, and so what happens is we get into this blame game. First we blame God, then we blame ourselves. Then we blame God, then we blame ourselves. Then we blame God and everybody around us. Anybody get tired of blaming people? That's exhausting too. We blame, 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 but we never get to the realization that God has never been holding out on you one bit. He's just wanting to get to know you and you know Him and see what He does then because He's going to then tell you things that are unsearchable. See what Paul said in Philippians 3, said, look, I've tried to live my life my way. Anybody like that today? Tried to live my life my way. I, Paul said, I was the best of the best. I was the best where Paul was. I was the best in everything I did. I strive to be the best at everything. That's what Paul was. Paul had a, had a problem. He had to prove himself. I don't think anybody realized that. Paul had to prove himself to get through life. The Apostle Paul? Yes. So he had to be the best at everything. And was he? Sure. But I love what he said in Philippians 3. He said, I gave all that garbage up so that I could know Christ personally. 
He said, I stopped trying to prove myself. Because guess what? It wasn't amounting to anything. Then I met Jesus and started to get to know Him, and it began to change everything. So what's all this got to do with prayer? I'm going to say one word here real quick, one line. Guys, God desires to be the focal point of your prayer, not you. When you pray, when I pray, how many times have we prayed based solely on how we feel? How many times have we prayed based solely on what we think? How many times have we prayed based solely on what we think God should be doing? Rather than realizing prayer at its purest place is, and how else would I know you then? I want to know you. And how else would I know you then? Talk to you. Listen to you. Married couples in here today, if you don't communicate with each other, you're in trouble. You are two strangers in a house. Well, that's what most of people who call themselves believers, I'm afraid, have come to. When it comes to God in them, they're strangers. How would they know each other? He says, when we pray, I want you to, I want to be the focal point. God, I'm hurting right now. I'm frustrated with with what Dwayne did. Sorry, you're right here, brother. I'm frustrated with what Dwayne did, and I really want to go slash his tires or something. I really do. Because I'm that angry. I know. Now, Lord, I want you to take care of Dwayne tonight. No, we may not pray that way, but we're probably saying, Lord, let Dwayne see what he needs to see about you. Lord Jesus, I pray that Dwayne would really, really just get his act together with you in Jesus' name. I just pray right now that you would do in Dwayne. Is that really praying? Is that praying? I still think only about six people get this. Is that praying? No. That's all about you. That's not prayer. You say, well, what do I say then? Jesus, for some reason I'm really ticked off by what Dwayne said, and I'm really hurt, but there's some reason why I'm hurt. Why I'm hurt. Show me that reason, God, because I know you know me, and I want to know you more. And as you show me that reason and you heal that reason, I'm not going to be angry at my brother anymore. How many love that word out there that's in politics left and right, the word trigger? Triggered, triggered, triggered. Isn't it interesting about 50 years ago, if you were triggered, it meant you had something wrong and you needed something healed inside of you. Nowadays, if you're triggered, it means you get to tell everybody else what to do. But that's how we've been treating God for a long time. We get triggered and then we tell God what He should do. God says, no. You get triggered, I need to heal something in you. You get triggered, I need to set you free of something because I love you. You ought to be set free. If you're triggered, I love and show you what needs to be done and how to be healed and how to be set free. If you're triggered, 
know that freedom is just on the other side with me. Don't let your, don't let your being triggered about something throw you into a pit by making you think you're right. So where am I getting at all this today? Well, as we spend the next couple of weeks in talking about prayer and sharing uh, with, with the Lord, I want us to understand that the whole bottom line is this. It's all about knowing Him. Monday night, Brother Jimmy, can I talk about you? Can you come up here while I talk about you? He says, why not? You're going to anyways. But see, then you're going to, if you get upset at me, then you're going to have to pray to God about it. And, you know, so I'm just getting you up here now so we can just deal with this, okay? So Brother Jimmy wasn't here last Sunday. In fact, two Wednesdays ago, he said, I can't do the computer. My, 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 he's had a, Brother Jimmy's had a frozen shoulder for how long? 18 months, just killing him. So two weeks ago, he says, I can't make it in my arm. I can't even get my arm up to whatever. He said, I'm just in awful pain. And then Sunday, he wasn't here, obviously. Monday, I texted you, how you feeling? He says, I'm in horrible pain. I'm, in, I'm distressed. Doctors are telling me they can do nothing. I'm a mess. And I thought, okay, we got to do something. <laughs> so I called some brothers up. And I said, Jimmy, let's get together Monday evening. So we got together. And we began to pray with Jimmy and over Jimmy, but with Jimmy. And wasn't it interesting? As we prayed, our prayer was more about who? And yeah, we were praying more, Lord, show us who you are in the midst of this. And I thank you. And as we began to pray, Lord, you know what he started to do? He started to unpeel one layer after another, just things within Jimmy's life. And I'm going to hand you the mic real quick, and I want you to just, can you share for a moment? Okay. Share what happened. Well, I couldn't get my arm up no higher than that. I've been laying around for 18 months eating pain pills, muscle relaxers. Since Monday, I have had no muscle relaxers. Now, see, here's the thing. Healing comes not from when we are necessarily just honed in on healing. Healing is, let's get to know you. See, the promises of God are not about making God then do what He's supposed to do. Promises of God first are getting to know Him by His promises. See, that's always got to be the focus, the intimacy. So as we did that, it was crazy. Yeah, suddenly Jimmy's like, the pain's gone. Yeah, and it wasn't us doing anything crazy. It was us speaking truth and making him the focal point. Freedom. Can we get an amen? Yeah, hallelujah. I love you, brother. Amen. Now, there's another one here. There's another one here I know that wants to share because God is, <laughs> intimacy is all I can say, right? Intimacy, getting to know God more in the midst of absolute crazy storms. Anybody been in crazy storms? Yes. Carolyn. Carolyn has had an interesting couple weeks here, a week and a half. And uh, last Saturday, son Jordan was in uh, that motorcycle accident on 250. How fast was he going? They tell me 150 miles. He was cruising. 150 miles an hour, hit a car. 
let's, I just want you to hear from Carolyn just for a moment what the Lord's doing. Normally I don't like these things, but I can't wait to get up here today to tell you everything that's coming for Joyce. Um, there were two parts to this. It, it's going to be a, a, a testimony for Jordan on his own and one for myself. And uh, the week has been filled with, uh, um, we got the, well, we got the news about an hour after the uh, basketball was over last Saturday that we needed to go to UVA, that Jordan was hurt bad and, and we just need to be there now. Um, one part prior to this was a video that we had watched in our life group. And it had stuck with me for weeks and weeks. And it was Raise a Hallelujah. And they were praying for a little boy who had been very sick. They got the call that he was probably not going to make it that night. And the leader of this group had a revelation that they were to stop praying and start praising. And that's what they did. They all just praised God. They, they sang and sang and praised. The young man, the little boy, the three-year-old was saved. And it just stuck with me, praise, praise, praise. Um, the second part of this is that uh, Jordan, uh, besides being broken in his body right now, is a broken spirit. He's a broken person and has been for a long time. Um, but God spoke to me 10 years ago, probably more, on the road, on, on the way to work one day, twice. He told me the second time Jordan would be saved. And I knew that Jordan was saved salvation. I knew he knew the Lord would be fulfilled. This week, um, and so for 10 years, I've waited for this to be fulfilled. This week, that was fulfilled. Um, when we got the call, I fell apart a little bit. We got in the car to go, and I sat there, and I said, okay, God, we're going to do this your way. I said, we're going to praise you in this storm. And I put the song on, and from that minute on, I had absolute peace and calm. Um, I just continued to praise him. We got to UVA, and he was alive. And I knew at that point, if he was alive then, he was going to live. And uh, this week has been one of God meeting every promise with every operation he had and with every, every, uh, everything that would come up, he met it. He more than met it. Jordan's going to make it. He had um, uh, no broken ribs, no brain damage, but pretty much everything else uh, has been broken. But he's going to make it, and he's going to have his own testimony, and he's going to be a changed person. Um, what I have taken from this, I know what I know now, and I will never unknow it. God is there. I can trust him, and he's, he's just going to be there. Trust him. I just wish everybody could feel what I feel this week. There have been no tears from the time I got in the car. I'm going to call this week the No Fear, No Tears. Um, I know people can't understand it. But. Uh, yes, there's no way that Jordan should be alive today. Um, but we stood in that emergency room with Pastor Dave and, and Pastor Jim and 10 or 12 friends and family. As we prayed the, the words of that song that we sang today, I am a child of God, came to my mind. And, and I knew at that time God had took control. It's, it's surgery after surgery where he came back. No complications, no complications. That, that wasn't a coincidence. That's God. You know, this, is, this is a miracle. And you guys are part of this miracle. This church is part of this miracle. You guys prayed, and it's, I'm telling you, God is good all the time.
Praise the Lord. So here's the thing. Oh, I'm loud. Here's the thing. It's never about doing it right. It's never about the right words and the right way because guess what? Most of us will never in our minds get it right. The Lord is not necessarily looking for the best way to pray. He's looking for someone who just simply wants to know Him. Of this, praise the Lord, I believe, you know. And you know what? Even in the midst of this, praise the Lord, I believe, you know, in, in my heart, Jordan will know Jesus. Hallelujah. The greatest salvation. That, that right there is the thing. Thank you, Jesus. But I am so thankful for what it's done in Carolyn, what it's done in Danny. Jordan aside, they came near to the Lord and they realized He comes near to them. And His presence of peace is what has just completely overwhelmed them. His love. To God be the glory. So I'm just going to ask you right now, let's just bow our heads just for a moment. And, and I'm praying, I, I'm just asking the Lord right now just to speak all through this place to every heart because He's saying, hey, come near to me. I want to come near to you. I'm not withholding from you. Come near to me. I want to come near to you. Um, my prayer today is that hearts would be open to the fact that the Father loves you, has made a way through His Son, Jesus, on that cross 2,000 years ago. And in coming near to Him, it's saying, Jesus, I can't do this on my own. My sin has prevented me. In, but I am thankful for what has happened in me because of what it is you've done for me. So I receive, Jesus, your life. Holy Spirit, I receive you. And I thank you for my life being whisked away and your life filling me. That I may be one with you. Thank you, Jesus, for your love, your grace, and your mercy today. In Jesus' name. All I'm simply doing is this. Every person, eyes on Jesus. Eyes on Jesus. Don't pray out of your own thinking and out of your own strength and out of your own thoughts. Pray with just eyes on Jesus. Jesus, I need you. Who says that today with every hand raised? Jesus, I need you. I need you. I need you. I need you, Jesus. We welcome you. We take you. We come near to you. We thank you for salvation, and we thank you for saving us in you and you knowing us. Thank you, Lord, for new life that comes from knowing you and you knowing us. In Jesus' name, to God be the glory. We love you and we thank you. So then, Lord, as we move into next week, teach us how to pray. Well, guess what, Lord? That begins with knowing you and you knowing us. Hallelujah. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Let's just stand and we're going to sing, I'm no longer, I'm no longer a slave to fear.
a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. Hallelujah. We invite you back to the Family Life Center for pizza, for ice cream, just to share together a little bit. Blessings to each one of you.